Hello and welcome to this week's Fourth String Podcast. My name is Jeff Solomon. I am the current commissioner of the Fourth String Madden Football League. With me this week, the illustrious, the enigmatic, the Eagles fan in waiting, Mr. Rich Grisham uh, from the Press Row Podcast and our current Chiefs owner and operator. Hello, Rich. Yeah, I'm not going to pretend it's not a little weird, me running the Chiefs franchise in our league while obviously my real life Philadelphia Eagles are battling said Chiefs franchise in the Super Bowl. You know, a little bit of conflict of interest, but, you know, I can I can work through it. I hadn't thought of that, actually, myself, uh, that there might be some kind of internal feelings there. I kind of feel like you don't care about the Chiefs, even with your own uh, proclivity of running them. I mean, I know... Well, you you get used to your roster in a way that like you empathize yeah. with them, but I don't think you're you have rooting interest, I should say. No, I don't. But I do. In in fact, in the in the real world, like you know, Andy Reid is probably the most influential person, you know, other than the owner Jeffrey Lurie. There's no one else who you could argue has been more influential in the Philadelphia Eagles franchise over the last 25 years, right? So. With him, you know, coaching the Chiefs, I was I was happy for him when he won a Super Bowl. You know, they went to four straight NFC championships back when when he was coaching the team. Lost three of them, won the fourth one, and then lost in that Super Bowl. You know, Philadelphia Eagles fans have a long uh, history with Andy Reid, and if he had if he had been able to win just one, you know, I say just one, obviously, but if he had been able to win a Super Bowl. You know, he got him to one. He got four straight NFC championships. Um, man, it would have been a different story. Uh, but I still root for him. I still like him. I was glad that he did win a Super Bowl. And obviously, the Eagles winning the, their Super Bowl after going their entire history as a franchise without winning one. You know, similar to the Boston Red Sox finally breaking through in 2004 or or the Cubs, right? Like, mm-hmm. it changes now, everything, the, right? Cleveland so it, Guardians have the longest streak. Is it really the Guardians? Okay, I believe so. Yeah. I believe after the Cubs, Indians, uh, World Series, we knew that the longest streak was going to be changed because it was go. It was the Cubs, right. and then the Cubs right. won, and so they beat the Indians, right. making them the longest streak. But they're right. no longer the Indians. Yeah. So, right? No, that, that's that's true. Yeah, you know, there's, I mean, you know, the, the Mets are close to that. <laughs> they were eighty six. The the when did when did Cleveland win at fifty four or even. Oh. I can't. I can't give you those yeah. numbers. <laughs> well, I'm sure the internet. That's trivia. Help, but, that's trivia. I had on yeah, the tip of my tongue. Exactly. You know, eight years then, ago. It's not. But my point is, you know, when you grow up an Eagles fan, you know, of a certain age, like my age, you know, it was it was heartbreak. Every season ended in heartbreak. You know, and and some much worse than others. So, but when they finally did win that Super Bowl five years ago, it really changed a lot. There's still, don't get me wrong, right? Like there's still. It doesn't just go away, you know. It's, yeah, what's it like having to wait there, five years? Still, you know, there's there's still a lot of, like, you know, you sort of feel like in certain situations, you know, not that they can't win it, but that they're not going to win it. But that's what's made this season such a joy. Like, this this has been a absolute joy of a season watching, watching this Eagles team because they don't have that, sort of Damocles hanging over them of they had never won a Super Bowl. That's gone. That, those, right? That they, they did. And yes, you know, they've had some good seasons and bad seasons since then. But 
that's just it, it's this season is like no season I've ever experienced as an Eagles fan because the year they won the Super Bowl they hadn't won it before and even though they were a top seed if you remember you know Carson Wentz who back then was the MVP like he had an MVP right. year got knocked out against the Rams in week 13 and all of a sudden you got Nick Foles you know as your quarterback like the fact they even won that Super Bowl I still kind of don't believe it like a small part of me doesn't want to go watch that replay because something's going to go wrong. I mean, it's oh, also what it was a great Patriots team they played too. Oh, and absolutely, yes. I think Tom Brady had like 500 yards in that game, and they somehow yes. still lost. The Eagles did not stop the Patriots once in that game. The Eagles just happened to also not get stopped, and then on the last drive of the game, Brandon Graham strip sacked Brady. But what people forget is, you know, on the last play of the game. The last play of regulation, Brady got the ball into the end zone. If they had caught that ball and they had gotten a two, then they would have tied the game. Like, that game came down literally to the last play. I think something that's very uniquely – well, I, I should take that back. It's unique to football and football in that the big game is one game in the end so when you have when you want to like think back to your memories of like where you were or what you were doing you know the world series is fun but you have to think of four separate events if your team won uh and and for a football franchise if you have like that playoff run that's really exciting you think of like two maybe three games possibly only one you know if the the super bowl was really the only memorable thing like uh no shade on the eagles you know being the one seed they earned it uh really not a memorable playoff so far i would say what are you I talking mean, about it's incredibly memorable they whooped both of the teams that came there in philly which is exactly why you work all season long to get the I mean, number one seed sure I mean, they're, they're they're the definition of that right like they, they beat they fringe the playoff giants and then they beat josh johnson 49ers i mean and they whipped them both. Like yeah, both but they weren't exciting were, games. I don't care about exciting. It's exciting when your team wins the game. Look, I'm not going to apologize for the Eagles having a combined score. Of I think you've like misunderstood the point. Seventy four to thirteen or something. The point was you're not going to think about those games at all in ten years. But this Super Bowl, I bet that you will for memories around. You're not going to care what happened to Daniel Jones or or Josh Johnson ten years from now. You're going to think about the Super Bowl. But there are other playoff games with equal memories uh, below the oh, Super sure. Bowl. You know, you think of yeah. like Tom Brady in the Tuck Rule game. I'm sure mm-hmm. like that's just as talked about as the Rams Super Bowl that they went on to win uh, two weeks yeah. later. Uh, well, fourth that's, and twenty-six. That's not going. Sure. What's that? that? You know, fourth fourth and twenty-six is uh, in Eagles lore. It was a home. Probably a wild card round game against the Packers where they had fourth and 26 and Donovan McNabb heaved a ball to Freddie Mitchell. Oh, I've seen that play. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, it's not in my I, lexicon, you know, with... Uh, but as instinct. an Eagles fan, you say sure. fourth and 26, everyone knows exactly what you're talking about. Okay. They wound up winning that game, and that was a playoff game. But that furthers your point. You know what I mean? It furthers your point. Although I will say, in the Eagles Super Bowl run, I do distinctly remember both of those games because the first game, the home game against the Falcons, came down to the last play. Mm-hmm. And the Eagles barely beat Atlanta. And had Matt Ryan been able to find Julio Jones in the end zone, the Falcons would have won that game. And the double doink in Chicago was the next week, right? 
No, that was a different season. That was, that was the a different season one? after. That was yeah. the season after the Super Bowl season. The week after the Falcons near escaped, like they barely got out of that game. The Vikings came to town, and the Vikings did what the Vikings always do in a big spot. They completely folded, and the Eagles <laughs> rolled them up. The Eagles rolled them up like 38-7. to 7. It was memorable for the opposite reason of the week before. It was memorable because in the second half of the game, it was just a party. I was at that game. It was just a party. It was because they were up you know, by 20 points, and they were finally going to the Super Bowl, and it didn't even, like, it was impossible. We couldn't believe it was happening. It was just one of the... One of the greatest moments as an Eagles fan ever, only topped. Really, the only the only thing better than winning that NFC Championship at home against the Vikings was two weeks later when they finally won that first Super Bowl in franchise history. Because until then, the Eagles had been the worst version of the Vikings and the Lions and the Cardinals, you know, those and the Chargers, those those franchises that are just for whatever reason snake bitten. You know, they can't get over the hump. When you finally get over the hump, it changed everything. And man. That that felt so good and so validating. After spending so many years and so much time, so much money going to games and and investing so much of your life in it, just you know, it makes you feel so much better when they finally win one. You know, just one was enough. You know, obviously going in tomorrow, we're hoping for two because two changes everything, right, Jeff? It's a big difference between one and two. Plenty uh, of rights bragging rights just like two super bowls in five or six years like that's that's very different very different than most teams ever get to do you know there's only a few who've ever won two you know I mean, most I don't teams know don't change quarterbacks in between in a five-year span either most don't and you know carson wentz was fantastic fantastic he was the mvp he had a great year i've watched some of those games multiple times he was a completely different quarterback that season and he was any other season, even the following year when he came back and he led the Eagles to the playoffs. And then he was speared in the head on the first series of the first playoff game and knocked out. So we never did get a chance to really see him have that, you know, that playoff run because he got speared in the head by a guy from the Seahawks, again, on like the second or third play of the game of the first playoff game. And uh, and then he he's been what people know now, you know, I don't know what happened to him. I've always liked him. I've always rooted for him. I, I, I'm not the kind of guy who, who wishes him ill. I'm the opposite. It's been weird and unpleasant to see him go from being who I thought was the clear MVP. And I stay to this day that that year, the Eagles won the Super Bowl and he got knocked out in week 13. He still should have won the MVP, not playing the last three games should not have disqualified him for winning the MVP. He put the Eagles, he led them. He wasn't a part of it. He led that team to the number one seed. He absolutely should have won the MVP because the MVP is for a regular season. In fact, he didn't play the last two games. It didn't even matter because they had already clinched the number one seed. Ah, but he's now thought of as completely different. Well, you know, you know he can just take that Geno track of uh, wait 10 years, have a good season, and everyone thinks you're the, the next Geno Smith. Geno Smith. Yeah, well, I mean, I'll, I'll say, you know, kind of like not that dissimilar to, to Jalen Hurts, right? Like Jalen Hurts didn't have two consecutive seasons with the same offensive coordinator from the time that he was in high school until this year, right? Carson Wentz hasn't had two seasons with the same offensive coordinator for five or six years. Every year he's going to a different team, different franchise, different offensive. That's hard. You know what I mean? And I, but 
you know, I'm a Carson Wentz guy. I've always liked him, and I, I still root for him. I hope he does well. And I don't, I don't even know where he's going to go. He won't be back with Washington, will he, next year? Doubtful. I don't think. Yeah. I can't. They benched him by the end somewhere. of the season. They benched his ass. Why would they bring him back? Now he's going to play don't, somewhere. You don't you pay know? him that, that money. There's not that many guys that you can play. Yeah, You don't Last pay him year, that money to a, be the backup. He has an enormous contract. Enormous contract. Uh, speaking of your Chiefs, though, Rich, uh, yes. why, don't you, why don't you walk us through your last game uh, okay. in the league? And I know I know it was a computer opponent, so afterwards I'm going to ask you to talk about your second-to-last game in addition uh, to to pad out some time. <laughs> in, in my last game, I played the CPU Titans, and I was up 10 nothing late in the second quarter. I had the ball at the Titans three or four. Right, and I was about to go up seventeen nothing, and I was gonna put the game away, go on cruise control, and and easily win, you know, twenty four to three. Right. Somehow I then threw a pick, um, and and then the Titans got the ball back, and they wound up scoring ten points, and I find myself late in the game, like three minutes left in the game, ten ten, and I have to number one not be stupid and turn the ball over again, right? Number two, I have to smartly navigate into, you know, field goal range. But this this is an online Madden game. Field goals are far from guaranteed, even in close territory. So um, luckily for me, I was able to do so. And I kicked a field goal with, with you know, I really did a good job with the clock. Right, I, I I really smartly managed the clock and I kicked the field goal and I won the game 13 to 10, which you know nothing to crow about, but a win is better than a loss. And uh, as as you told me, uh, Jeff, heading into that game, I have I'm still alive. Yep, still despite alive. your best efforts, you are still alive. <laughs> despite really just doing a terrible job most of the time, I still have a a, a puncher's chance to make the playoffs. Yes. I, I don't know that I'll ever forgive you for how you let the Dolphins come back in that game. It was one of the biggest the blunders. Won. I had a one. Yeah, I, generally I had by seven points. Generally speaking, Todd is the person who makes those kinds of mistakes. I've seen him. But it wasn't that. It was, look, spike the ball on fourth down. I've seen him do that. Uh, he had that great. That. He had that great last second play he lost on against Chris, uh, the greatest replay of all time where Chris threw, like, uh, an underneath route and then a lateral or something, and on the last play of overtime as time expired, Todd lost that way. He's had the most spectacular losses. So to see him redeem himself in some manner to to take one back from the jaws of defeat, uh, it just doesn't play to the narrative, like, of, of the Brownsian uh, manner that I'm used to watching him lose. But it was a regular season game, right? You know, yeah. it's very different. He, when it comes to real crunch time, you know he will ultimately blow it. You just well, you, know it. <laughs> it's a regular season way, game, I but it's myself, one that might keep you out of the playoffs. I grew myself into that as well. No, look, I thought, first of all, so let's talk about this game. Because I, I honestly don't remember the detail, detail, detail. But I had the lead late in the game. I had the ball. I had made him take all of his timeouts. Right, and there was less than two minutes, and was I up by three or? It was like, a tie was, game, I believe. It was tie. 
So then I got, I broke loose. I handed the ball off up the middle and I broke loose. And instead of kneeling before the end zone, I just went in the end zone and scored a touchdown. And and there weren't more than 30 seconds left in the game, right? Maybe? Mm-hmm. That sounds right. Like that. that sounds right. Yeah. So I go up seven points with 30 seconds left. I do that every time. I, I do that every time because I'm, again, like the field goal in this, you know, laggy online environment we're in is far from guaranteed, man. Even even a chip shot, far from guaranteed. Far from guaranteed. I do that every time. And maybe that's why I'm never going to win a championship because I do that every time. But anyway, he got the ball back and, and threw it somehow, touchdown, right? And then he went for two and he got it, right? Like, is yeah. that how I lost that game? I think so. <sighs> painful, man. Very painful. It's painful to watch as well. <laughs> And you uh, were actually, I screwed you somehow with that game too, right? Like, didn't I directly hurt you somehow? Like, obviously no. not purposely. I mean, it hurt my heart to be a witness because <laughs> I root for you, Rich. But no, I don't, I, since it was two AFC teams, I don't think right. that had okay. any impact on me. Um, there was there was a two-point conversion that broke me last season, though. Uh, I think it was Saints-Panthers, maybe. And someone went for two to win the game. I think the Bucks were in it actually. It was a Bucks game. Uh anyway, Bucks went for two to win the game and they won it, and that's what knocked me out of the playoffs. And I was like, uh That's that's it's hard, man. Yeah. Rough. <laughs> rough. Um But yeah, I'm I mean glad you pulled it out. I know you had some uh interesting coaching challenges yeah, in that one. I, I you know, it was one of those weird games. Again, I was gonna go up seventeen nothing, right? Like I was uh, I, I don I didn't dominate, but I I I was playing well and I was in control. And when I threw that pick very late in the first half, um, and it just changed everything. It wasn't a pick six. So I'm trying to like, I want to look at the box score. So at the end of the first half, it was 10, nothing. Right. So all it did was, I mean, it, it didn't, it wasn't a pick six. Right. So it didn't go from 10, nothing, 10, seven. So it's still 10, nothing. But then they got 10 points in the third, right? It's just like, I, I, I was just, I couldn't get it going. You know, they got the ball, actually, they got the ball to start the second half and scored a field goal. And then I probably went three and out or maybe five and out. And then they scored. And, and I just found myself like, son of a gun. Like, just, I had this game in my hands and I'm just like sleepwalking through this game and I'm not doing what I had to do. And like I said, I got the ball three three and a half minutes left in the game and i just drove it down and i worked the clock and uh, i did stream it i don't know if anybody watched it um but i, I drove down worth the clock kicked kicked the field goal with you know 15 20 seconds left i think and then just you know was able to salt it away it, it was ugly but you know it was a w it could have been a lot worse jeff it could have been a lot worse well talking about worse why don't we talk about uh, your game against the lions well that was that i mean that, that's the game against the Lions, what was the final score? 41-13? I mean, I just got my butt handed to me. And it I wasn't it, even close. I, I, don't, I can't remember all the details, but I do. Rem- I thought it was close for like a half. I threw... Well, it was close, but the problem was I continued to throw an interception every time I had the ball. I just... I think I threw at least four and maybe five picks. And then on like four consecutive drives. Where I would drive the ball down the field and then I would throw a pick. And there was at least one pick six and maybe two pick sixes in that game. It was an ugly, 
ugly game. And, you know, 41-13. I mean, that just says all you need to know. You know what I mean? Like, while maybe, you know, tactically speaking, I was hanging in the first half, you know, you don't lose 41-13, you know, and, and blame it on just one or two bad breaks. He, it's a much better team than me. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I played terribly, and I deserved to lose, and I did. And uh, that's what happens. You know what I mean? Like, for, for someone like me, I have to do several things to get a, a victory. Number one, I have to play nearly flawless um, or flawless, meaning no turnover. And um, I then also need to get lucky and get one or two turnovers. Um, and if that formula doesn't happen, I lose 41-13. That's, <laughs> that's just what happens. Right. It looks like... Uh... Mahomes had about 100 yards and four interceptions. Four, okay. Um, Akers had 100 like, yards on the ground. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. I was moving the ball. I hate, And by the way, he had 100 yards before the end of the first half. I was running the ball up and down the field with him, and then I threw interceptions in the red zone. Like, I don't know if you can look up where those interceptions were thrown, but I bet at least two of them were thrown in the red zone and maybe three. Like, you know. It was just one of those games, but I just... I'll say, you, know, you are and, you are one of the better runners in the league. Uh, you signed Cam Akers right off good. the street. No one he's wanted good. him. No he's one good. wanted him. We had a whole free agent draft uh, where, you know, no one touched him. Uh, you come in, you swoop him up, and you say, this guy's a starter, and now he's second in the league in rushing yards. Over 1,700 yards. 1,700. 1,700, nice. and he's second place. Uh, he passed... Boy, he passed Miles Sanders, Josh Jacobs, who are both over seventeen hundred as well. Uh, yeah, it's impressive running. I I fear what you would do if you had the GM-ship of a of a Chargers or myself to put a roster together that really complemented what you're doing. Well, because... I've, I've I've said many times if someone's interested in being my GM, I will entertain those discussions because i love playing the games and i hate everything else and i don't say that in a bad way like it's not a criticism it's just i hate the real world salary cap nfl stuff but man do i love the games jeff i i can watch football all day and all night but my god i don't want to get involved in in salary cap madness so you know and and part of that is kind of why i'm almost impressed that i'm able to be in the playoff hunt with two games left you know like i know i'm never going to win a, a super bowl but that's okay being competitive in this league is fun i don't need to win but i want to be competitive and i know sometimes i'm going to lose 41 to 13 that's okay i just want to be competitive and have a chance that's that's what that's what i'm doing these days i'm i'm i i have a chance but when i play a good team <laughs> woof look out uh things are typically going to go the other I way i mean Playing, it's interesting that Cam Akers has so many yards because there's this correlation between running the ball for so many yards. You would think it would be correlating to winning. Nick Chubb has 2,600 rushing yards. He's got, he's probably going to break three 3,000. He's got three games left to do it, and he's averaging you know 10 yards a carry. The Browns are only a one-game lead above the Bengals right now, and they've lost five straight. Normally, Justin would be here to cry about it uh, as we all would um he is not available tonight but it's so interesting that you could be so dominant in spurts and yet not find a well, winning formula in it well you know the answer the answer is interception 
that's that's what happens. I've run in all over the place, but I've thrown 31 interceptions this year. 21 touchdown passes, 31 interceptions. That is so many. That's, right, that's two or three a game, and that's the difference, right? If I if I had 21 touchdowns and 21 interceptions, I would have nine or ten wins out of seven, right? But that's me. Like that's my fault, right? That's I'm not blaming the game. Well, that's not true. I am blaming the game. I, I'm <laughs> telling you that that third interception I threw against the Lions, that was BS. I had the guy open and moving to the back corner of the end zone, and his cornerback absolutely warped and jumped like the first two were middle linebackers jumping you know who were trailing kelsey right like Mm -hmm. they were bs i don't have i don't have video like uh, justin normally would to share here but i believe you uh no i mean the, the first two of those interceptions were both me throwing to a to kelsey who was you know heading downfield over the middle and had a linebacker behind him, and both times that middle linebacker jumped and intercepted the ball, which after the first one, I should have said, okay, don't do it again, and I did it again, and and, and I'm like, okay, I don't feel like that should happen, but okay. The third interception, I'm telling you, the cornerback just worked. Like, I had my guy open. And, yeah, and I that, got that. That's that's when I really that's when I got frustrated. But that's the difference between seven and eight and mm-hmm. nine and six. Right, that's the difference is is plays like that. So if I had made two of those three plays, you know, I still would have lost that game to the Lions. But other games where I've lost, you know, other one score games where I've lost, or that Dolphins game, you know, like th- that would have been the difference. You know, let's talk Perfect. about. Just briefly, let's talk about the AFC playoff picture and where the Chiefs fit into it. Uh, the seventh seed and the sixth seed are really the only ones still in play. Uh, the five seed is the 11 and four Jaguars. So I think that's locked up as the sixth seed is nine and six for the Raiders. Uh, the Broncos hold the seventh spot at eight and six. And then there are a few seven win teams, yourself included, uh, holding the bubble spots so that would be you that would be the titans uh outside looking in the Bengals are six and nine uh potentially could also be someone who i don't know how the tiebreakers work out which is where it gets really interesting is none of us do they don't show us that stuff um so it gets to be a little bit of a puzzle there but you play the raiders in your remaining two games um so you have a chance to take that tiebreaker from them potentially um the broncos who are the seventh seed play the undefeated chargers twice in the next three games so they are likely to lose two games so let's hypothetically say they're eight and eight uh if you win out you end nine and six and you could be watching denver at eight and eight and and looking maybe you take their spot who's to say uh the titans are also on auto they've gone on vacation and will not be returning uh for the regular season so you can assume probably a one and two split as a best case scenario um maybe oh and three the remainder so really comes down to can you win your games rich and if you can i like your chances of taking that seventh seat away from denver well can i win the games absolutely i have two games left and neither of them are against teams that are you know appearing to be in the very top echelon 
know what I mean? I'm not playing the Chargers. Now you have the two I'm and not. twelve Vikings next week, and Brian, right. the Vikings owner, was supposed to be on this show tonight, and unfortunately had family issues that prevented him. But it would have been interesting way, to talk about. By the way, I'm I'm not even you know this is not you know this is not uh, uh, what's the material not locker room material, but you know bullet. This is not bulletin board material, oh, right? Like I was like. I'm not saying I'm expecting to win because, you know, the chances are that he's a better player than I am. Um, but his record is 2-12, and 12, so clearly, right, he's not one of the top two or three or four players in the game. So I at least feel like I have a chance. And then mm-hmm. I played the Raiders, and I played them once already, and it was a, an amazing game, and I ultimately won by two, 30-28 earlier this year. So can I win these games? Yes, it's possible. I could lose. I could see losing both of them. I could see splitting them. I could see winning them. You know what I mean? Yeah. It, it all Wouldn't it be nice if you had them. one more win just sitting around, especially yes, from like an AFC be. team? Yes. yes, it would be. Okay, I get it. I'm, it. It's bad. But again, here we are. I get, if two wins gets me in. And so I've got that going for me. And look, if my real world Eagles win the Super Bowl, I'm obviously going to have some good vibes going for me. You know what I mean? I, I won't have those same, you know, traditionally difficult um uh, you know, headwinds like you know, maybe a little magic happens here. It's, it's it's not out of the question at all. I just want to see you get out of your own way, Rich. That's why the Dolphins game bothers me so much. Is is a coaching error so very clearly. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Well, uh, on to the Austin Stargazers, aka the Dallas Cowboys. Um, I have begun resting my starters after beginning the season zero and two. And having nonstop complaints during a six-game win streak, I finally decided to embrace uh, that maybe I'm getting better at this game, uh, as I have now won, I think, 11 straight games, which sounds ludicrous coming out of my mouth. Oh, excuse me. 13. 13 straight games. 13 is the win streak now after starting the season. And And even though the Eagles are 11 and 4, you have still clinched division. God. Well, I swept them, so that's probably why. Uh, hey, who cares why you well, did it? No, I'm saying well, like the tie- there probably would need to be another game played, but because I have the tiebreaker, I'm guessing is why it would already be clinched. Um, so I went into my game against the Broncos last week uh, looking to get that clinch, um, and I had a strategy... That worked out pretty well. I think he threw five first-half interceptions. Uh, So my strategy of let him give me the ball uh, was phenomenal. Um, I had a rookie that I decided to play, um, I think because of an injury. Levante David, who's on my team, may have been injured in this game. I don't recall, but he's injured. Um, And so I got this rookie that I traded for named Jason Manning. Uh, He's not really all that interesting to look at, but... I put him in the game, he's boom, touchdown, boom, interception, boom, forced fumble. He was making, like, every play in the game, and I'm like, holy crap. You know, sometimes in games, not not just men, but, like, all games, you get attached to a player whose stats just aren't there to back up what they're putting in the game. Um, and I, I remember this happening in MVP baseball back in the day, too, where I think it was, like, uh, I want to say Raul Abanez. I had Raul Abanez on my team, and none of his stats were, like, above 60 or 70. Like, he wasn't a power hitter. He wasn't a contact hitter. He wasn't a speedy guy. 
but I was playing in the playoffs of my franchise in MVP baseball, which I think they called the dynasty. Uh, and he had a single, I want to say every single game of the playoffs. And it's like, if a comes up in a big spot late in the game, we, we have a rally going. I don't need to sweat it. And there's just something about players like that that you get really excited for. Like to the point where if I win the owl this season, I think I would get a Jason Manning Jersey, even though, uh, He's had so little impact on the season uh, itself. This this Denver Broncos game was the first game I really gave him any deep playing time at all. Um, but honestly, it wasn't really a contest because he threw so many interceptions to start the game. I think, gosh, I think the first you know five drives he gave me the ball back on an interception it makes it a lot easier to play. Uh, Sounds familiar. Sounds yeah. familiar. Uh, I threw three interceptions myself. Uh, oh. I don't. And it didn't really matter. The final score was 59 to 36. I remember very little about what went on. I think he scored probably the last 18 points uh, while I was just like eating up clock and trying out new plays and uh, letting Jason Manning be the dominant force he was born to be. Um, but that I'm sure that helped you a bunch, taking a, a win out of Denver's mouth. Absolutely, because um, I split with Denver. I, yeah. I split with them. And both of our games were both, again, like two or three-point games. You know, one-possession games, battle back and forth. Really good stuff. Really good stuff. Um, the only thing about this game that really was a negative was I gave up one big run to Javonta Williams of, like, a 75-yard touchdown or something like that. And I had a coach's challenge to keep Javonta Williams under – or keep the Denver Broncos under 30 – mm-hmm. under 75 yards rushing – and it was the fourth right. quarter, and I gave up this big right. run, and it cost yeah. me like 15 coaching points and 2,500 XP for the entire defense brutal. or something like that. Absolutely brutal. Which I'm sure everyone listening is crying big tears for me. I get it. You know, I, it's you're not sad for the guy who won 13 straight to not get something. Um, but I, I was like really mad at myself for letting it happen. And if you watch the play, it happened on. You can see me like diving at his shoelaces, so desperately trying to keep him like at 74 yards. Because I think at that point in the game, he'd been like eight carries, 15 yards. Like I'd focused everything on, on just keeping him under wraps. Um, but yeah, it really wasn't much of a game, sadly. It got out of hand very quickly. Uh, I was expecting something better from a team with a positive record, but... Uh, he's on his own little skid now, uh, which is interesting because it, I think, may cost him that playoff spot, which is so interesting the way the schedule works out that he has to play the Chargers, who are undefeated, twice in the last won't three they, weeks of the season. It's won't brutal. Won't be resting their, their guys anyway, so like it might actually work out well for him? Maybe. I don't know. Uh, but speaking of resting, after Lamonte David got injured last week, I just I decided the time to start resting people uh, was this week against the New York Jets, who uh, no shade to them are one in thirteen. So I said, if ever there's no a shame. time for me to rest my players, no uh, especially the way Madden works, where the stamina system is not like, hey, take a game off and you're fine. Um, and there's no depth chart thing that says like sit starters either. You have to like manually control all those things. So I took basically everyone out of my secondary. I tried to take defensive linemen out, but uh, Demarcus Lawrence was still playing, and I saw Fletcher Cox in for a few plays also um, unintentionally. And I, at the left side of my offensive line, I'll sit. So I put on all the backups of center to the left, and my next game I'll put in the backup center to the right, 
And so they all get a game off on my way to the playoffs, uh, in which it would appear I'm going to have the first round bye also, so they'll all get an extra game off as well. Um, the offensive line, I think, is the scariest thing to be exhausted come playoff time because they're in every play. You need to they rely on them. They're the they, only ones who get, they get injured. They cause penalties. They do, like, you know, yes. holding. Um, yes. So I really yes. I really wanted to focus on, on resting the offensive line, but also I didn't want to go out with five backups. So uh, I did the left side this game. I'll do the right side next game. And this one was a lot closer than I think anyone expected watching. Uh, I don't know that he ever had the lead, but he gave me a pick six to start the game. Um, and I started with a field goal, so I'm up 10. No, excuse me. He blocked the PAT on the pick six and returned it. So I'm up nine to two, uh, at which point he drives down the field and ties the game on a touchdown. And I'm starting doing math in my head. I'm like nine to two. He gets seven. I'm like, okay. I guess that, yeah, that makes sense. But like, it's such weird, like football math watching that happen. Um, and that continued through the game where like I would score, he would score. I would punt, he would punt. Uh, I threw a couple of picks that I did not agree with uh, with the game. One where I was rolling out and saw my uh, best receiver, Devontae Adams, was, you know, he was covered, but it was a position where I thought he was the only one who could get the ball or it would be incomplete. Um, and somehow still the defense got the ball. Uh, so I was annoyed about that one. And I did throw two picks on the game. But... Uh, ultimately, I got handled, handed a couple of really big plays, uh, a couple of one-play touchdowns from my, my best guys, and pulled ahead in the second half. And then in the fourth quarter, it was really just uh, eating time out of the game. Uh, final score, 37-23, Stargazers. And I look forward to finishing off the AFC East with a sweep next week against the Buffalo Bills. And here's where it gets interesting, Rich. I'm going on a trip uh, next week to Las Vegas. So I have pre-scheduled my remaining games with the Bills and the Giants to be immediately after advance, our next advance. I'm going to immediately play with the Bills. And then for the Giants, we're going to be the last game to play because I won't be back in time before the end of advance. Like, I've already looked at the calendar, and I'm like, this is how it's going to have to be. Uh, so it's it's funny to have to, like, schedule... I, I talked to both of them two weeks ago already about this, like so far in advance how things are going to have to be handled. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm totally in rest mode. And poor Jason Manning, poor, poor Jason Manning, I gave him the start in this game. He immediately pays it off with it. The first play of the game tackles Tony Pollard behind the line of scrimmage for a loss. Uh, I think he had a forced fumble. No, I think I'm giving him too much credit. I think he had that tackle for a loss and then like, first quarter he's out of the game with a torn labrum and he's gonna miss the rest of the regular season uh so the guy you know the kid had his moment he really shined for a minute in the mile high clouds of denver and uh now he won't be seen again for the rest of the season probably it's a real shame real shame it's um, football man yeah but i'm looking forward to my next two games and you know i got really lucky in the way that the Broncos didn't, and that the end of my season here is all against teams with losing records. Uh, so I am very comfortable feeling uh, resting some guys in each game and giving a little time off. Um, I don't intend to lose any of these games. I don't wish to. Uh, 
keep that winning streak going. Um, but it looks like I have the the one seed, despite myself, wrapped up uh, because every other team that was competing with me has sort of fallen off. The Bears were the biggest contender for weeks. They've lost a couple um, before getting back in the win column today. Uh, but they were neck and neck with me and had the tiebreaker after giving me a whooping in week two. And now they're 10 and five while I'm 13 and two, uh, which would seem insurmountable with only two games left. So I, I, yeah, I think I've clinched the number one seed, I believe. Nice. Well done. Congratulations. So I'll have that buy. I've never had the buy. I've never had the buy because I always win my division in previous games, but don't beat the better teams in the conference, which I mentioned on the last podcast, but it's been a very long time since I've had a bye in a playoff spot. So I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what kind of coaching challenge it gives me. If it's like take the week off or practice and then all my best players are injured or what have you, but we'll find out together, I guess. It'll be interesting. Um, I said this was going to be a 30-minute show. We talked about the Super Bowl for 10 minutes. I am very tired, actually. Uh, and... Uh, <laughs> So I'm going to end this one early. It's going to be a shorter show, but I'm sure Justin and Pasta and Brian will all be back soon. And uh, Rich, of course, you're welcome to join anytime. I'm sorry to have cut your one-on-one time with me so short, but uh, I got to get to bed. This went, I stayed up, I stayed watching Black Panther Wakanda forever with my girlfriend and the movie just wouldn't end forever. So that's why I was a little bit late here, Rich. Uh, it's all it's, it's all good, man. Look, tomorrow is the Super Bowl, and my oh, favorite yeah. team is in it, and I am really excited. And tonight we got to talk a little football, and thank you for for making that happen. I appreciate that. All right. Well, if you would like to find Rich online, he's at Rich Grisham. Uh, nope. And, nope. Oh, nope. you got rid of that? I'm nowhere. Yeah, oh. I'm nowhere. I, I hate social media and everything about it. I, I, I play our games, and that, that's how you find me. Okay. Uh, well, you can follow him on twitch.tv slash. I don't even know what that is. Okay. Because uh... <laughs> I, don't, I don't stream. Well, if you would like to. You force me to. You're yes. like a, a, a dictator. If you would like, like to join, yell at me you're like you're getting you're getting thrown out of the league if you don't stream. I'm like, dude, I'm playing the CPU. You're like, that's even worse. You have to if you're playing the CPU, you stream it is. or we it is send worse. people to your house. Yeah, they're gonna take like, down your geez. photos. They're gonna smash your guitars. Oh my God. You're uh, so militant about this. It's very upsetting, frankly. How do you say so that myself? I am militant. That's always been said about me. If you'd like to join us, you can find a link to sign up for the league at twitter.com slash 4THSL. Uh, show notes for this podcast also include a link. And otherwise, you can uh, find this podcast. I don't know. I'm getting punch drunk from my sleepiness, so I don't know what I usually say or what's going on. Uh, check back next week, post-Super Bowl, for Rich Celebrating. And uh, we should have the final standings of the season, or at least we'll have Pasta on to talk about some tiebreakers and what is about to happen because it's now week 16. So week 17 and 18 are right ahead of us. Something interesting will be happening. It will be covered. Uh, That said, have a good night. Go Birds, and we'll see you next time.